Tonight on Hops and Box Office Flops, are you ready for a pandemic body horror thinking sci-fi? Oh, come on. We've already done the thing. No, no. This one has a female lead. Wait, uh, I'm pretty sure Alien and Aliens did quite well. No, no, not that. This one has a okay. scary bear in it. You guys remember Annihilation, right? Oh, yeah, that one. Okay, well, that's what we'll be talking about tonight. Hops and box office flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to the 151st episode of Hops and Box Office Flops presented by Wabam Entertainment. And tonight, in our third installment of Hops and Pandemic Flops, we are diving into 2018's Annihilation. I am the Thunderous Wizard, and I am leading this expedition into mutation and madness. And with me, as always, is Chubzilla, who may or may not have snakes for intestines. Um, if you cut me open, are my insides going to move around or like what I do? I get a tattoo. I have questions. Yeah, there's certainly questions about uh, what goes on in the shimmer. Uh, if you can hear that faint but awful moaning, that's Mayor McCheese. He's just rolling around. He's turned into a mutant bear. Slowly being consumed by the mutant bear, I believe. Yep. And his screams yep. will be echoed for all of eternity. Just going to have to live with that sound because now the bear has control of it. Yep. Oh, and his farts. So the yep. bear now, the bear now farts like Mayor McCheese. It's a combination of screams of agony and and flatulence. IPA farts. Yep. Hot. The, the worst. IPA farts. The worst. Yep. I'll mm-hmm. tell you one thing. If you got stuck in the shimmer. There's one way out, and that's just to start letting loose some IPA farts. Right through the bear's butthole? Right through it, directly. Right through, directly straight shot. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. Remember, you can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hops and B.O. Flops, and you can find Wabam Entertainment at W-O-B-A-M-E-N-T on Twitter and Instagram. Annihilation is free on Paramount+. Plus. Yes, that is a thing that some people have, including myself. Is that like Peacock Premium? It's uh yeah, it's like a combination of of Peacock and uh, Pluto and CBS and All Access and MTV. No, it doesn't have Peacock stuff, but it, Yo, what it MTV does have rats? is uh, what other mutant birds. So Ooh, and the Halo mm-hmm. Show. Hey, 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 just fun fact: um, if you have cable, like me, the resident dinosaur. It is free to stream off of FXM, which is like Fox Movie Network or something. So yeah, I got this for free. Thanks, Comcast. You fuckers. Yeah, that's uh, that's true. Uh, so tonight's beer, which was chosen by Captain Cash, who unfortunately uh, turned into a plant. It happens. <laughs> is a Pittsburgh local called Triple Shakes from Hitchhiker Viewing. Uh, it's got a skull on the label, which plays heavily into the myriad of imagery this movie employs to tell you the Man, this same movie thing looks good this over movie looks good and over and over again i'm just gonna uh, say it this, this movie looks good the imagery in this movie mwah, chef's kiss uh this, so, this looks better than dune in my opinion uh it certainly cost a lot less too so i, I think visually I, I, it's I, and, I, and i like dune movie. dune was an interesting looking movie this movie looks better and it's way less recognized this is a gorgeous movie it is well shot I even like the very stark, sparse, uh, non-fantasy shots of this because it sets a mood and a tone. This, the, uh, uh, listeners, Chumzilla loves this movie. I, I will be its biggest proponent on the pod tonight. So just saying, it looks great. It's a great movie. It's, a, uh, it's, it's well shot. Oscar winning Dune, by the way. Uh, uh, yeah, for yeah. Wait, many did, categories. Did, did Dune slap Chris Rock? No. Yes. Or, no, and yes. No, it, was, it was Deadshot. Yeah. Deadpool. 
it was uh, Bloodsport. Hancock. Oh, Hancock. Yeah. yeah he Hancocked the fuck His out of His hand was cocked. Uh, so Triple Shakes is an Imperial Porter with a brain mutating 11.5 ABVs. Now, here was my joke oh, that about is Dune. Diesel. Dune won best uh, special effects because it convinced you that Josh Brolin was almost as tall as Jason Momoa. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's, that's 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 pretty harsh on the big brother from goonies come on yeah okay anyway so annihilation directed by alex garland this is his second movie uh followed the hot on the heels of ex machina which also critically acclaimed also pretty damn good sci-fi movie do, do um, i need to see that I've never seen it should i see yes that? you should watch ex machina okay uh, this is based on a novel by the same name uh, from jeff vandermeer and is apparently the first in his Southern Reach trilogy. Mm. It stars Natalie Padme Portman as Lena, one of the members of the expedition uh, who goes into the Shimmer. It's got Oscar Moon Knight Isaac as Kane, Lena's husband and uh, not particularly talkative fellow. No, and, and fun fact, folks, not a lot of them in this movie, which is a huge plus. Yeah, as you know, Chumpsilla, not a fan of Oscar Isaac. And more like me, fuck you, Oscar Isaac, but uh, moving on. He uh, escapes the Shimmer and is the sole person to do so from his party. Uh, the expedition team with Lena is led by Jennifer Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Jason Lee as Dr. Ventress. Nice. Uh, the rest of the female team are Tessa Valkyrie, Valkyrie Thompson, Thompson. Come as on, yeah. Josie yeah. and the Pussycats. As, and I like to point out that they play her up as the dork. It's, it's kind of cool to see what I kind of view as the vampy Tessa Thompson as the dork in this movie. She is the dweeb. She, yeah, she, she's the uh, wallflower, which is, okay, cool. It works. You've got Gina Jane the Virgin Rodriguez. Is that That's her show, right? Yeah, that's, that, her, that's her. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> as Anya. And you've got Tuva Novotny's Shepherd, spelled as Who, Shepherd. Who's, who's that? Which one's that one? She's the one that gets eaten by the bear. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, the blonde lady. Gotcha. Oh, and Benedict Wong is here as Lomax. Bernie Lomax, conveniently enough, same character Wong. from Weekend. Wong does make an appearance. Yeah, he's a scientist interviewing Lena. By the way, you'll notice he's wearing a hazmat suit, uh, but nobody in the Shimmer wears one because this movie's fucking stupid sometimes. Also, don't <laughs> wear helmets. Yep, yeah, they just go with like this. It, it took the uh, Prometheus Book of Science. Uh, now, here's where I will say that's the two biggest issues i have with this movie as a sci-fi film the lack of protective equipment when entering the shimmer and the lack of vehicles why do they walk into it why don't they drive into it uh yeah they don't they, no they really don't fortify themselves against anything they're going into but here's the thing listeners this is going to be the first of one of many chumpzilla's praises of this film okay this movie is not about aliens this movie is not about space stuff this movie is 110 percent about metaphor and relationships okay this, we're gonna get there this is a hallmark movie through the prism of sci-fi and a good one at that but moving yeah. on okay so annihilation was released in february of 2018 and after only a month in theaters, was released straight to Netflix. It only made $43.1 million on a budget as high as $55 million. That is pretty much a flop, and I guess you'd call it a sophomore slump. That said, this was raved about by critics. It sits at 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, you know, you can't, you can't win them all, I guess. Well, and I'll just say this. I think this movie definitely suffered as jumping to streaming so quickly. But secondly, I think it was marketed poorly. It was marketed I, when, pretty poorly, as I recall. They didn't give you anything. When you have a movie like this, yes, you want to hold back some of the more exciting parts. Yep. But as I recall the trailer for this movie, it was really boring. What I saw this movie as was a bug hunt film, a sci-fi bug hunt film with an unknown whatever with a female cast. And I'm like, okay, it's, it, it's very alien-like. It's, it's a bug hunt movie, whatever. 
I watched it on a plane and I was blown away. It, it completely subverted my expectations. Like this movie was way more intense and deep than I was prepared for. I thought this was going to be a crappy sci-fi bug hunt jump scare movie. That is not what this is at all. Okay, so why don't you subvert my expectations with your one-liner? Oh, this is a marriage story in space. Okay, yeah, fair, scenes, fair enough. scenes from a marriage in space. Yeah, sure. How would I phrase this? Annihilation is what you get when the metaphor is less subtle and more you being hit in the head with a bat. <laughs> okay, the end of this movie is not great. And it's definitely a baseball bat to your head. That is fair. Yeah. So anyways, the actual one sentence description from IMDb, a biologist signs up for a dangerous secret expedition into a mysterious zone where the laws of nature don't apply. Again, I guess you're missing the point, IMDb. <laughs> ah, Jesus. Yeah, th- th- this movie is not about the mysterious zone. The, the, the mysterious zone is not the point of the movie. <laughs> No, at so all. <laughs> here's the plot, because like Ex Machina, this is a lot less about plot, much more about vibe and metaphor, as Chumzilla alluded to. Oh, it, 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 I just want to say again, this movie is gorgeous. I love the, the way this movie is shot. I it's, love all of it. It's shot uh, interspersed with flashbacks. Yeah, as you're which, kind which of are great, because I, again, it's not, it's not completely non-linear, but it, it, it gives you context as you go along. It helps you helps actually build tension in the story a bit. It, I won't say it's super effective, but it, it works. I'll give it credit. Yeah. I do like well, the flashbacks. But no, the, go ahead. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm cutting in. Sort of the point is that memory is malleable. You remember things differently than they may have occurred. Uh, it's also what? very much so about guilt and well, the weight it, of guilt. It's very... Yeah, and it's very much in the vein of the character played by Natalie Portman. It's sort of her, you're you're literally remembering things through her lens. She's remembering things, and those things are then impacting the story as it moves forward, because she's remembering back, and it's about self-realization, effectively, because this whole movie is through her lens. She is wholly the main character of this movie a lot of the movie revolves around her reflecting on the fact yeah that she ended up sleeping with a little boy that she met on Tatooine, and she feels very uh, guilty about her choice to be a creep that little boy killed she dresses, so many people and then she so dresses like a porn star to seduce him as a teenager yeah so there's a lot of guilt about the way she groomed anakin skywalker <laughs> yeah jesus captain cash Welcome to the channel. So all that aside, the film opens with a framing device where Natalie Portman's Lena is being interrogated by Wong's Bernie Lomax. And he's doing the Bernie dance. There's the wheel, the weird uh, Caribbean music is on. And you're just kind of staring at him do the Bernie dance for 35 minutes. That's part of the metaphor. It's mittens. Uh, No mittens? Mittens. Totally mittens. Anyways, he's really asking her about her ill-fated expedition into the Shimmer. That is an area in the American South near the Gulf of Mexico where a meteorite has struck Aquaman's dad's lighthouse. Bad stuff happens, mainly this like weird bubble thing shows, shows up. And I mean, it's a cool and, and effect. Boba Fett gets a dad bob? Well, I mean, the shimmer changes you biologically. Uh, right? It's, so, it's, yeah. it's a prism. It's a prism, yeah. And I mean, for what it's worth, I had never seen anything like it in live action. So it's pretty neat as an effect. Oh, you missed this, uh, Captain Cash, but I will say this movie looks fantastic. This is a good-looking movie. It's a pretty movie, yes. I enjoyed the mood and the setting of this film immensely. It's cool. This area has the look of oily water, and it's continually growing larger year after year, and anyone and anything that goes into the Shimmer never comes out. That is until... After being missing for a year, Lena's husband Kane, not the wrestler, uh, returns. Not a biblical okay. character, or is it? <laughs> but would that have made a better film if Kane the wrestler were her husband? A hundred percent. Like if he was yeah. wearing the mask the whole time. <laughs> Where have you been, Oscar uh, Isaac? Yes. Please. I don't know. <laughs> My brother lit me on fire. 
I've been I've been dealing with that for a year. Uh, so oh when Kane gosh. comes out, he doesn't he doesn't talk a lot, as I said, and he immediately becomes ill and is rushed to the hospital. All his organs are failing. Weird. Maybe maybe she lost the urn. That was really the Undertaker. Uh, wow. So yeah, no. Lena awakens confused and is not at the hospital, but rather Area X, the staging is, ground for every expedition into and the, the laziest naming ever. Yeah, well, <laughs> what do you call and, it? And, Area X. All right, sure. And listeners, this is your fir- first indication that this movie is not meant to be taken seriously as sci-fi. Like I disagree, but go on. No, that it is. This 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 movie is. Captain Cash and I may disagree on this, but this movie is 110% metaphor. And that's your first indication this movie's not meant to be taken as hard sci-fi. Well, because she just jumps. Her husband comes home from from nowhere, bleeds her in the mouth. They are tackled by the X-Files black team uh, in their ambulance, and she wakes up in a facility. Like none of this makes any sense. But uh, that's not the point. That is literally not the point of the film. That's, they do not get hung up here. on those details. Wait a minute. That's, you know, what happens when you escape Area X? Well, then the goon squad at Area X go and give it to you. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Yeah. That's, uh, they are truly some rough riders. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Uh huh. Again, okay. guys, folks, again, second or third time Chumpzilla will say this, this movie is not meant to be taken literally. Okay, this is well, not an alien can, movie. This movie is not about aliens. You can stop It's not about Area that. X. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. We'll get to all that. So, you know. I love this movie. She meets Ventress and the rest of the team, Josie and the Pussycats, Shepard from Mass Effect, and Anya, uh, Kane. Ventress remains- is her therapist. Like, I'm, the, the, she's the analog oh, yeah. for therapist throughout the entire well, film because she directs she's not it, an she analog she's literally a therapist <laughs> which is the worst thing is because like she is a therapist but she's also a therapist <laughs> she she ends up being now important therapist it's but, not subtle as i said in my it, one sentence description again i'm watching this on a plane and i'm like oh my god oh my god this is you're you're okay you're beating me over the head with it now but i still love it i'm loving every minute of it. I'm, at this point i'm still in 100 going on oh, okay yep yep so because Lena feels guilty about her husband uh, shitting himself like Steven Seagal. And conveniently enough, he has the same haircut in this movie. And uh, he does, doesn't he? He, he <laughs> did not pass out, though. He, he might have shit himself, but he did not pass out. Uh, you know, I mean, he faints more or less. But she's going to enter the shimmer because she owes it to him to find a way to cure him. She owes him. She's got a lot on her conscience, a lot of guilt here, which is why she brings her therapist. <laughs> <laughs> all right so they cross the oily barrier and we flash back to learn that part of her guilt is that her husband found out she was cheating on him which is why he agreed to go on this little jaunt into the bubble bath which is almost certainly a suicide mission he was willing to kill himself because his wife was cheating because he had lost value in his own existence because of the end of that relationship I'd like to point out also what we glossed over there is when Natalie Portman's character is brought into the, the mix of the other folks uh, set to enter the shimmer. They all basically exchange, exchange stories as to why they're there. They all have, it's a group therapy session. They all, they all have their own damages and or motivations for, for going. So initially though, this is very key listeners. Initially, Natalie Portman's is guilt over her husband. She wants to she wants to follow his footsteps effectively. You know, when you go into the shimmer inside the shimmer's membrane, you go insane in the brain. I can keep them coming. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> and so they black out, they wake <laughs> up naked in the middle of the woods. No, they're not naked. Just kidding. But they do wake up in the middle of the woods. <laughs> They wake up in the middle of the woods three days later, and that's only ever happened to me a couple of times, and every time it's been so, bad. You know that scene in Beer Fest where uh, Barry Badgernath wakes up in the middle of a field with a dead deer next to him? That's sort of what happens here. <laughs> and, and again, uh, listeners, in my opinion, in my opinion, this is the second time the movie tells you not to take it literally because this literally makes no sense. 
but they just lose but sci-fi time. inherently doesn't have to make sense so agree agreed but when you watch this again you come back to this point and you realize <laughs> this is another point where the movie doesn't make sense and the point of it not making sense is like you're not supposed to take it literally it's not there's no plot device here it's it's a hint to, to the viewer upon repeat viewing that this is a, a point where the movie again diverges from logical sense because it's not hard sci-fi this movie is 110 percent metaphor in my opinion moving on i am sorry t-dubs please continue okay so chumzo that's the last time right that we're gonna have to talk about how this pa- is metaphor pause the entire podcast to yeah. talk about how it's not literal no no we get no. it no, this I love this movie and I will continue to defend its non-literal values until the end. Sure, sure. Uh, anyway, so they're walking through the shimmer. Again, they should have brought like a four-wheeler or something, but whatever. Uh, there's an alligator. They kill that thing. Uh, they make it to helmets. a military They should base. have brought helmets. Helmets. They should have protected their brains. Okay. Well, I had to assume that previous expeditions into the Shimmer did not or had those things, and they all died anyway. So I guess they kind of figured, well, screw it. Let's see what happens. Also, they're all a bicycle, sort of, you wear sort a of suicidal. If you enter an alien biosphere, you wear a helmet. Okay. Again, one of one of Uncle Chumzil's indications, this movie's not meant to be taken literally. It's not about bug hunts. Moving on. Okay, so they make it to a military base. They find a vlog with Kane. It says, to those that follow. And on that vlog, Kane is cutting open one of his other team members. And you see that this guy's guts are wriggling around like snakes in a snake pit. Which I uh, have to say, that was like, that's a pretty effective, creepy scene. Like That was some pretty good body horror. Yeah, I'll admit that the movie doesn't always hang together as far as like a narrative goes. But like these little vignettes are really fucking scary. And this is one. Also, it looks like snakes. Very deadbeat of Don. Just saying. Yeah. Do you Are you saying they would have survived the shimmer had they brought nunchucks? Oh, 100%. Well, that's a given. That's a given. Yeah. Okay. This, the shimmer does not have enough whatever qualities it has to change Jim Van Beber from anything but the deadbeat of Don. Quickly. From what Captain Cash has said about that snake effect in the guts, we go straight to that corpse bloom thing on the wall. Yeah, which I think was the guy. And like, that's just, it's a really yeah, beautiful, yeah. creepy looking thing, which this movie does that was in nuts. spades. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was nuts. Like, a, like, wow, that is a great visual. Again, when I say this movie is shot well and it looks great, that's one of them. It's, and the best part about the movie, it doesn't fucking explain it. You just get it. Well, he was it, like, here, here's just this weird, horrible ending totem. for a person. Yeah. Yeah. And just like, here you go. This is fucking weird and, and, and gross. And it's it's a giant shot on the screen. Like, I wish I would have seen that in theaters. So them discovering this corpse on the wall, hollowed out flower, dead man, uh, leads Josie to theorize that Shimmer fragments information the way a prism distorts light. So essentially, you're looking into a wacky funhouse mirror. I appreciate it because we're now like almost an hour into the movie and they give you the first insight into the mechanics of the madness that we're seeing. Which I really appreciated because if you compare our previous entries, not Raccoon City, but... Um, the Happening. Yeah, The Happening. This movie is everything The Happening wanted to be. Yes, where but like it, way better. Yeah, it's a way out there concept of what's happening. And you have someone sort of explain it. And yeah, they're right. The first, Like they're explaining it to the audience. Like the guy's like, it's the plants. And it just is the plants. But so I guess here, the, the concept of what's happening is a little bit headier, a little bit higher minded. Yeah, so well, I'm willing to accept it a little bit better. Exactly. And you see the characters understand that they're going through changes like something is changing in here. You see it in some of the animals, you see it in some of the, the, the visuals, the plants. And at, this, yeah. at, at this point, yeah, it becomes clear that like they are changing. Yes. Um, essentially they are being changed as they journey through this. Now it starts to affect some people faster than others. Anyways, Shepard's an idiot. She dies. 
Then they <laughs> Something's they, out there. Well, let me wander into the darkness. Yeah. I'm just going to stand outside the light. Uh, then they, and that, they might, are, that might be the cheapest jump scare in the movie. It's like, oh, somebody got sniped by a thing. What? Uh, I think it was a big, big old thing. Yeah. So they travel on. They get to this house. And Anya, who's sort of losing her marbles at this point, knocks them all out and ties them to a chair. And as, as she's you preparing do. to cut them open Which to see if they also move on the insides. Also a great scene, in my opinion. Like it that, is, that, it's a, this is the best scene in the movie. So. What one oh, member yeah. of the party loses their fucking mind and decides that the rest of the people are a threat and they want, and they want to test them. It's very thing. It's very it thing. It is very thing. And it's this this might be the best scene in the movie because of the tension that it raises. And then it's a hundred percent the best scene in this movie. Who who wants the money shot here? Because then you get you get what? What comes next? The the greatest part of the film. Skull bear. Jesus Christ, the fucking bear. I'll be honest with you, it's not as good as the alien, the chestburster. It's not this is not the chestburster. But it is the second closest thing to the chestburster I've ever seen. This fucking bear is horrifying. And we horrifying. We're kind of glossing over the best part. You don't see the bear to start with. What you hear is Shepard's voice screaming, help me. And oh my God. Anya, the one who is losing her mind, runs out the room to try to, to, try to save Shepard only to get mauled by this bear who is grotesque. The, like, the bear attacks Zombie Anya. Bear. And, yeah. yeah. And, and the bear lumbers into the room and it, its head is a skull, except on the left side of its head, there's another human skull growing out of it. And then as it's got our, like the three non-crazy people tied to the chair, it walks in the room and puts its head next to one of the, I think, I think it's Lena opens its jaws and in shepherd's voice screams, help me. And Holy, I like, I almost pissed my pants. It's fucking horrifying. I, I I will freely admit I could not make that shit up, Captain Cash. Like, no, 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 no. no. That 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 shit did not exist in my brain. I saw that. That is one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen. Yeah. So yeah, they are able to. Some of them are able to survive the bear. That being Ventress, uh, Josie, and Lena. Uh, Anya gets her face ripped off. Like her whole lower jaw, oh, and yeah. oh boy, just, that is graphic. Way, yeah, that's way gross. That's not that's, that's rated R hardcore. And this is where ripped Josie uh, decides. You know what? I don't want to have my face ripped off. Ripped off. I'm just going to turn into a giant flower. So she she cuts herself and puts some flower juice in her DNA. And that's, I mean, uh, given the circumstances, yeah. not the worst choice, I guess. Yeah. You know, I look at that as Tessa Thompson's character just like accepting her her her, her position and just like disappearing in the background. It, it, it's a weird exit. It is it, it, that for her, that's a weird exit. But she she turns into the heart of the ocean from Moana. She came to terms with her her trauma and she was okay. I think I hope. Yeah, uh, but I, but I to me, she doesn't make it out. So I don't know. I, I don't know if it's nobody a is submission okay. to despair. Yeah. Here's the thing, Captain Cash. None of us make it out of this alive. I mean, so she chose her exit and she exited peacefully. I think that's 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 an acceptable choice. That's I, all I'm I saying. And she exited the metaphor by coming to terms with her peace. So Lena trudges on. She's got to get to the light, lighthouse. She finds another vlog there. Uh, Oscar Isaac's in it, and he's like, hey, got to check this out, man. This is bad news, brother. So he blows himself up with a phosphorus grenade, only to reveal that it was his doppelganger filming the whole thing. But was it his doppelganger, or was it oh, him that blew who up? Who was who there? What yeah. was that film up? I'm right there with you, Captain Cash. I, I love every bit of and, and Kane, 
in this final vlog has a very noticeable southern accent out of nowhere. What the fuck so, is that? What? The, the worst part of this movie is that accent. Fuck you, Oscar Isaac. I, fuck you and fuck you and fuck you in that accent. Like it was clearly a choice. He meant to do that. I just don't know what oh the choice means. He it was like very Yosemite Sam. It was the worst fucking thing I've ever heard. It was very British Mira. <laughs> like, oh, you're British. I don't know what that means, but it makes me angry. Mira in the, in the nightmare sequence is suddenly much more pronounced in her British accent than she is oh in the rest of her scenes. The movie. <laughs> but it, so, here's the thing about, here's the, thing about the, the, the part with Oscar Isaac. It doesn't matter because the end of the movie makes it not matter. That's well, what really yeah, kills me well, about that. The end like, of the movie it, is Lena crawling into uh, this hole to the dark side from The Last Jedi. Uh, she finds Ventress there. It totally looks like the, the dark side butthole. It does. It, uh, yeah. Like it came out the same year. It like was, was dark side like butthole it. just on everybody's mind in 2018? Maybe. Perhaps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Ventress turns into like this amorphous blob, which then sucks some of Natalie Portman's snot into it with a little yeah. blood, of course, and then it starts to turn into uh, one of the sentinels from the future hell world of X-Men Days of Future Past. Yeah. And like it, it she like she coughs up the solar system. Like it which is fine. It, I like that. I, at this point, it's that. just like fuck it. As, as weird of visuals as we can go, let's I'm do cool it. With that. It's the mirror match that I have a problem. And then with. yes, and then Lena is pinned down by her, you know, doppel shadow. Yeah. Well, so uh, initially, it, it's a like a humanoid figure that's so, silver. Yeah. Uh, and, so so I'm I'm just gonna jump in here because again, folks, this movie is 110 percent metaphor. Is, is it a metaphor? Yeah. Are you saying Portman, you're saying it's a metaphor? So you're I, saying just so I'm is, clear. This is a metaphor. A metaphor for what though? Yeah, for what? <laughs> uh, the point is here, Natalie Portman is facing her own problems. It's the a weight of match. her guilt is yeah, so it, heavy. It must the, be the weight of the guilt of cheating of all of her issues, she must now address herself. It's a metaphor for self-realization. That's what the whole movie's about. It gets you to that point. She's now she's now faced off against herself, and then her weird Pepsi guy self tries to smother her against the wall, and she's buried by the weight of her own choices. And at this point, the movie is beating you over the head with that so hard, and it's like Jesus, I. I do feel for this character, but you are really kicking the shit out of her. Right. And And boy, it reads as sexual assault, though. It's not great. After she is able to push this thing off of her and then she makes it eat a phosphorus grenade because, you know, it doesn't really think for itself. Uh, She escapes. Lighthouse burns down and the shimmer is no more splish splash. No more bubble bath. Wow. Wow. Yep. Ends, sort of. And then back at uh, Area X, which continues to give it to you, uh, she reunites with Kane, who still looks like Steven Seagal. She asks Kane if, uh, you know, if it's actually him. And he goes, I don't think so. And then his southern accent comes back, and you're really not sure. So <laughs> That accent is so bad at the end, is it not? It's supposed I mean, to be a thing a, that hints you thing. out that, hey, things are weird here. Yeah. because the, Things have changed. They yeah. hug and their eyes shimmer, and that's the movie. So how many, the yeah. how many beers are required, Captain Cash? Uh, I like this movie, but I think I'd call it two, right? It's, it's two hours and 15 minutes long, which charitably feels at least 15 minutes too long. Like a lot of walking going on here. Yeah, there's a lot of walking, a lot of like, hey, if we're slow and like really go, makes you think, huh? To the audience a lot without, you know, literally saying that. I just, you know, but I mean, it, it also has some of the best body horror we've seen in sci fi since, uh, I think Jim is right, since Alien or maybe The Thing, right? Yeah, well, it's, 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 a, it's a weird movie in that regard, for sure. Uh, so yeah. there, there yeah. is some body horror in it for sure. Yeah, yeah I call it two. 
Okay, that's fair because I would say three. Uh, I'm right there with you. I give it three. I mean, three is reasonable. Two enjoyment Mm -hmm. beers, one pain beer. I think this is a really good movie. It's far higher brow fare than we've been doing. Let's all be honest here, guys. Our biggest knock on this movie is the end. The end. The last 15 minutes. The end is weak and it's it's too slow. And the metaphors. The slow pace, though. I'm not going to knock the pace. The metaphor is omnipresent. It, it never it, it, it's too much like give me mm. mo- a little bit more of the mm. insane animal stuff and like th- you know lean into the sci-fi a little bit more and then you can have the stupid ending and the rest of the metaphor but you know I, I, there, there, there is some bait and switch i will agree with you you get that you get the gator up front and then you get the bear and that's it there should have been at least a third animal in this movie before it's the rule of threes before the mirror match because the mirror match is technically the third animal but i don't know that no that you sit that's a big reveal you need you need to have that third animal they should have had like a, a wild turkey or something man. A, a rabid peacock or something yeah i mean you do see other animals there's like a basically the unicorn from harry potter's out there in the woods yeah and the, the deers the, the yeah. two deers yeah i mean it, it's it's implied so Absolutely. how many bears jumps up Oh no, it's, it's it's three. I give yeah. this a solid three. Three enjoyment beers. No, but how many? How many of those beers are metaphorical, though? Yeah, that's true. All of them, one hundred percent, because this movie is one hundred percent metaphor. Boom. Is it? Yes. For those of you yes. drinking at home, this movie. This movie is not about <laughs> aliens. This movie is about relationships. Uh, yes, and we change. Know. Okay. So Anytime. Oh, God damn. <laughs> I, I I love this movie. I wish the ending was stronger. I just yeah. Right. Go on, come on. Let's keep going. Actually, I, I think I agree with Chumzel on this. The ending is where it gets uh, a little too too weird and not enough what's happening. The yes. ending of this movie is weak because it doesn't really stick the concept. Like it's an ending of a movie, but the movie well, has a stronger premise than the ending gives you. A, a lot of the the rules around the the doppelgangers don't make any sense either. So, but again, this movie is not about rules. This movie is purely a oh, metaphor. You don't say. That's okay. the problem with it. Anyway, oh, go ahead. Okay, we're gonna hear from our brothers in beer at Hop Nation USA, and when we come back, we've got some lingering questions about annihilation. Hey everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Hello and welcome back to the 151st episode of Hops and Box Office Flops presented by Wabam Entertainment. We're talking Alex Garland's 2018 follow-up to Ex Machina, Annihilation. We have a few lingering questions about the movie. Number one being, you know, we're going to skip it because Chumpzilla told us what this movie is really all about several times over. And if you don't remember, listeners, it's a metaphor. (laughs) It's about relationships. God damn it. Okay, so number two, other than the bear, which was the coolest creature sat slash death, I'll kick us off of, I guess, the alligator, because that's really the only other. Oh, wait, no, that's not fair. Death. Got to be, but got to be the guy on the wall. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Corpse bloom. Holy yes. shit. That's a great visual. That was awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, Chumpzilla, what do you think? Is that your favorite, though? Yes, it was my favorite. But here's my disappointment. I will knock this movie. They gave us that really interesting visual of the guy like up against the wall, grown into it, whatever. And you do get a slight example of that with this the human skull on the side of the bear later. But the movie didn't really get creepy, like with the body horror stuff consistently. I could have used more corpses and random like growths. Yeah, like or, the human like, forest. And, exactly. Uh, give the too. shimmer a more sinister uh, uh, affect. Yeah. Yeah, because because like yeah 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 mutant deer the mutant deer are pretty. 
the mute the mutant croc not te- not technically terrifying no, yeah, see, had, like, I mean, teeth grown in different directions. Yeah, that's why I wouldn't rank the croc high. I mean, other than being slightly larger and kind of albino, splotchy looking, it's just it's an a, alligator. It's a big stretch. Of, oh, look at his teeth. They're like a shark. I'm like, are they? I can't really tell. That, yeah. Like, I don't know what I don't know what a croc with shark teeth looks like. like I don't have a reference for that. It looks like but a Galgamex vagina. But if you guys say so, cool. But no, they, they could have done a little more with some of that. I, I, uh, I'll admit. Yeah. So do you have yeah. a favorite yeah. one, Captain Cash? I, oh, I mean, other than the bear, I think the, the, the next coolest thing is probably the corpse bloom. But other than that, I actually really liked the deer. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I liked that. Great visual. That, well, that and that the shimmer isn't necessarily itself malevolent, right? Exactly. Like, exactly. It's just, right. it is. It, and it's the thing. It's the thing. Yeah. Yeah, stuff gets mutated and yeah, it might eventually kill everything, but it doesn't mean it has to do, like it's not out there doing it in the scariest way possible. We, yeah, we all have to change uh, to survive. Slow and it's not it's not yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Not all change the time. Change is not a negative. We all must change to survive. But I do have a question about the bear. So the bear does the the help me in uh, Shepherd's voice. Do you think that is the bear trying to lure prey, like it's smart enough to use Shepard's voice to trick people, or is it like a piece of Shepard left over in the bear that is screaming in agony? Well, they sort of say when you die, that's the way you like live on, which is why then the lady chooses to be the plants. Yeah. Uh, So, like, yeah, Mm -hmm. that is Shepard experiencing the agony of death on loop. So, as part I, of the bear's DNA. Yeah, I can't decide I, which I find more disturbing. The bear's doing it on purpose or it's Shepard speaking through the bear. I, I, I do have a theory on this, Captain Gash. Is it, is it a metaphor for something? No, it's not. Oh, it's not. It's, it's literal. All right, cool. This will be literal. It's that the bear captures your soul when you don't address trauma appropriately. So you can never get resolution if it traps you that that's it that's the end you're you're done okay don't be the bear that's what i'm hearing don't be don't be the bear you 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 must address your traumas if you don't address your traumas you'll be captured by the bear that's the lesson to be learned okay i think i think i think maybe kind of i don't know next question where does this movie rank in the pantheon of body horror sci-fi you've got the thing you've got alien you've got the fly you've got the one we did right here on this podcast with hot nation usa the void those would be some examples uh i mean from the ones i listed this would be last i don't think this is good as the thing alien the fly or not, even not the even void. Close. i think it's this, this is at the bottom to say than the void, but it's not as good T-dubs, this is firmly at the bottom. I agree with you 110%. Well, right, but all those ones that you just mentioned, The Thing, Alien, The Fly, those came out in the 60s, or I'm sorry, the 70s and 80s. In the last 20 years, in the last 30 years, what else is there to compare it to? Well, they, you know, they remade Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Again, in the 80s, sure. No, they did it again. Mm-hmm. Which was oh, really? Good. Yeah, with Daniel Craig and Nicole Kidman. Oh no, I did yeah, that, that. That was not on my radar. Whoops. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think it's particularly good. Uh, I don't know. Slither. That's, that's oh yeah, well, Slither. Okay, yeah. okay. Slither's all right, but no, I would agree. This movie is better than most of the other stuff in the genre as of late. I think this is a very well-made movie with a lot of good ideas that just is 75 percent of the way there yeah the, the last the last 20 minutes just don't hold up and That's i don't think the, it's nearly as good as ex machina either so really i i gotta watch that apparently i've got i think that. It, i think that's better i think its message is uh comes comes across less like hey we don't think you're smart enough to get what we're mm-hmm. doing which is what i the sense i got from this movie when it had to tell you the same shit over and over and over again it's like we're not stupid we get it it's a metaphor. You could cut. Yeah, it's a metaphor. You could cut twenty five minutes you. out of this movie, and it's not going to be hurting for it. Yeah, no, that, yeah. That, that's totally fair too. I still love this movie. It's it, first off, 
I love it because it's like it's like the anti thing. It's like a female led sci fi, intellectual sci fi. Yeah. Well, flick. I mean, like it's and that's the last question: is where does it rank in the pantheon of thinking sci fi, like <sighs> Cloud Atlas, Moon, Blade Runner? So Moon's relatively recent, directed by Duncan Moon, Jones. Moon, Moon, Moon is Moon is better than this movie. I, Moon's I like a better Moon movie than this. I agree. Moon, I thought yes. Moon was really well done. God, Sam Rockwell. Fuck yeah. But this this movie is good. People should see this movie. I put it right up there with like the day the earth stood still and some of that kind of crap. This is a socially conscious sci-fi movie that people should see. It, it has value. Uh, well, That's we're my living thesis. in a... It's not the golden age of sci-fi cinema, but sci-fi is still fairly popular. I mean, Dune sure. just won like six oscars like all the part oscars one. you know Dune blade part one blade runner 2049 came out to great acclaim and i'd say that I, that's a better movie than this but it was also much more disappointing to me than this because i had more tied no, up in blade I, runner this, 2049 this is, this is and better I than blade runner in my opinion uh, i don't know that it's it's better than the initial original blade runner i mean whichever cut you want to think of it as but all blade runner has a much clear yeah right but Blade Runner has a much clearer narrative. Here, there's a lot to interpret, and how I think how much you like it or dislike it is how much you kind of enjoy the message or not, or how yeah. much you enjoy, you know, like 90 minutes of body horror and just and then a further a further 30 minutes of just weird images. I mean, a lot of like, for example, I think I recommended the sixth day a few pods back and like that thinks it's thinking sci-fi but it's like really stupid sci-fi <laughs> oh, uh poor like i robot i'm sure thought of itself as being thinking sci-fi because the book is in itself asimov classic idea, yeah right but yeah this is this is a very well done movie and it's it's just a step below those movies because it doesn't stick the landing really yeah and i mean you could argue that you know blade runner again depending on the cut didn't stick the landing either but it's still remembered as this classic thing of sci-fi i i don't know that annihilation is ever going to rise to that level no, no. but you know you get tears in the rain from rutger yeah. Hauer, and then he you know you get him headbutting through the wall like the end of that movie is like very memorable and yeah. very like tense and, and more than anything else i think blade runner really capture like cyberpunk aesthetic and was really one of the first things to bring that to a mainstream western audience yeah and it, it popularized it big time yeah and like some of the visuals we hear we see here in annihilation are unique but at no point am i like oh this is cool i want more of it it's more holy shit this is terrifying get me away from here yeah so yeah it's I mean, not like there's only so many times i can revisit scary mutant bear scene yeah i, I mean that scene is just incredible it's intense. Um, Jesus, it's intense. And it really, really makes makes the movie. Yeah. Big time. Because for a while, like to Chumpzilla's point, you don't think you're really going to get anything of note. Because this is heavily like, yeah, like it, this is all here, but this is really about them. So. And then. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that brings us to the quiz, which. Yep. I've got the quiz which you're going to host and uh, we'll kick that off on the other end of this break. Let's hear from our good buddies over at the double turn podcast who have been busy having a tornado tag with the mutant bear. It's not going well. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Boss Ross. And I'm the J-Man, and we're the Double Turn Podcast. Every Friday, we bring you the best in pro wrestling talk. Whether it's previews and reviews on pay-per-view events, discussing the hottest topics in pro wrestling, or bringing you a look back to some of the best matches and moments in history. We have it all for you. So check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the Anchor app. And you can also give us a follow on Instagram at the Double Turn Podcast. And we will catch you on the flip side. All right, welcome back to the 151st episode of Hops and Box Office Flops, and we are on to this week's Annihilation Trivia Challenge, so I'm passing us off to Captain Kick. All right, standard issue quiz, five-question, multiple-choice format quiz. To chime in, we can stick with one of the classic stalwarts from the pod, 
Uh, or honestly, I don't know that this film like has a, a one liner that really makes sense other than help me in creepy bear voice. Yeah, I'll probably go with and that. I, yeah. All right. So we'll, we'll do that. Um, and here we go. Uh, number one, both Natalie Portman and Oscar Isaac have been in Star Wars films, but there is another connection to a Star Wars character in Annihilation. Which of the characters shares a name with a Star Wars character that appears in the Clone Wars? Is it A, Lomax? Is it B, Shepard? Is it C, Ventress? Or is it D, Thorinson? Farts and tarts. I'm going to go to Chumpzilla. Very Ventress. C. Ventress. That is correct. Asajj Ventress. Yeah, I knew that one. All right. This movie shares a great deal of similarities with which H.P. Lovecraft story? Is it A, The Call of Cthulhu? Is it B, The Durnwich Horror? Is it C, The Mountains of Madness? Is it D, The Color Out of Space? Farts and Tarts. Thunder's Wizard. Color Out of Space. Color Out of Space is correct, and actually they made that into a movie with Nicolas Cage somewhat recently. The Cage of Sons! We are. I I cannot wait to see (laughs) the unbearable weight of incredible talent or whatever that's called. I really... I am so excited. Maybe my favorite. Firmly pro Nick Cage. Yeah. Number three, less of a multiple choice, more of a can you fill in the blanks? You'll get one point for each correct answer. Four of the actors in this film also appear in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Can you name the actors and their characters? Chime in and just run through them. Farts and tarts. All right, Jumzilla. Uh, you have Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie. Yes. You've got Oscar Isaac as Moon Knight. I yep. hate him so much, so much. That's two. Um, there's two more. Uh, you get Grandma's Peach Tea in this movie, but she's not Marvel. Um, Holly Hunter's not uh, in this. I, 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 what's that? Holly Hunter isn't in this movie. Who's the the, the therapist? Jennifer Jason using- yeah, that's, yeah. that's they're not, not they're yeah. there. You're telling me they're not the same person. That is what I'm telling you. That is, yeah, it's not a metaphor. <laughs> they this, are literally different people, not metaphorically. I don't buy that. I, I, I tapped out. I've got two people. Okay, got two. Thunder 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 Wizard. Oh, Wizard. Oh, dude, can, you, can you get the back two? Natalie Portman, Jane Foster. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Lomax, Wang. Yep. Oh, well, Wang. That is correct. We you know are you know tied Wong. up three and three. Wong. I'm starting to think yeah. beer's bad for my brain. Yeah. That is correct. And Tessa Thompson mm-hmm. and Natalie Portman are about to be in the same yep. movie. movie. Yeah. I'm actually pretty pumped for that if they ever give us a goddamn oh, trailer. Wang. He deserved better than this. He, he's barely used in this movie. All right. Question four. Yeah. The mutant bear was given the production nickname of Homerton by the crew. Where did that name come from? Is it A, the bear was named for Homer Simpson because it was bald? B, the bear was named for a rough London train station a la Paddington Bear? C, the bear was named for the philosopher Homer because nature is red in tooth and claw? Or is it D, the bear was named for Homer City, Florida, where portions of this movie were shot? Help me. (laughs) Very appropriate. Uh, Jump or Thunder's Wizard. It's named for Homer, the of the, of the Odyssey. Ah, uh, yes, no, that is incorrect. Uh, damn it! All right, Chumzilla, that goes back to you. Thunder's Wizard was incorrect. It was not named for Homer. Was it named for Homer Simpson because the bear was bald? A rough London train station, a la Paddington Bear, or Homer City, Florida, where portions of the film were shot. This may be my easiest answer on a pod question ever. Joe, it's got to be Homer Simpson. I'm afraid that is incorrect. The correct answer was, in fact, it was named for a London train station a la Paddington Bear. So Paddington is a nice, cute little train station. This one Mm. is named for the the rough and tumble, ugly train station, which Uh, I thought it was kind of clever. A lot of people get murdered there. Yeah. Plus, I... Uh, uh, Perhaps. Uh, plus, I've been enjoying that uh, I photoshopped Paddington Bear into a movie until I forget. 
it's green. men on Twitter. And I'm, I'm really hoping Annihilation comes up there eventually. It maybe riding with, with the bear. The yeah, clip. yeah, riding Homerton. I think that would be a, a good right. place yep, for Paddington. It only makes sense. Yeah. All right. Last question. We are tied up three to three. So this is it. It's anybody's game. Okay. Number five. And the final question of the, the pod. Due to scheduling conflicts arising from this movie, Natalie Portman was forced to bow out of another horror production she had been cast in. What was that film? Was it A, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies? Was it B, The Shallows? Was it C, The Girl with All the Gifts? Or was it D, Resident Evil, The Final Chapter? Farts and Tarts. Thunder's Wizard. A. A is correct. It was indeed Pride and Prejudice with Zombies. Wow. You, you win an all-expenses-paid trip to the Shimmer. Hope you come back, buddy. Sweet. It's going to be like multiplicity. I'm going to leave with my twin. Just having <laughs> all my chores. <laughs> Touch my peppy, Steve. All right. That's it for the quiz. Congratulations to the Thunderous Wizard. All right. Uh, we are on to recommendations. So what do you have on tap for this week? Captain Cash. So I caught another bear related film, which was Turning Red. Uh, I really enjoyed it quite a lot. It's a new Pixar film where the girl turns into a giant red panda which is not, I guess, technically a bear, but it's big like a bear, so I count it. Um, it also, it's a fun Pixar movie. That movie's a metaphor, too. <laughs> is it a metaphor, or is it literal? Yeah, pretty much literal, actually. Yeah. It was. I, I enjoyed it. It was good. I mean, I love all <laughs> Pixar movies. Yeah. And uh, maybe Disney start releasing their movies to theaters, because... I know, it kind of sucked. Now, I mean, I, I thought Soul was pretty good, but I didn't love it. And what was the other one? Uh, we did the one we did on here, Onward. Onward. Yeah. No, 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 because that Onward got a theater theatrical release. It there was did, another but one, like, super briefly, right? Because of the yeah, and they did the Disney Plus. Yeah, but there was another one beyond Soul that was also went did, straight to streaming. Did Raya go straight to streaming? Raya is Disney. Let me yeah. look, because that's gonna bug me. Um, Luca, that's what it was. Oh yeah, also a metaphor. <laughs> I mean, like, all their all their movies. <laughs> yes, Turning Red is the only one of those three that went straight to streaming. Where I was like, "Man, this really should have been a theatrical. This is this was good enough. One hundred percent warranted it." Soul but so, Captain Cash, is that your opinion? Is Turning Red a legit Pixar movie? Yeah, it's it's legit good. That was fine too, but some people seem to think it's not. I, I don't I don't get the hate. Some people are always angry. Usually I'm, that's you. Very, that's very true. Uh, well, yes, so I'm a hater. I'm what a is hater, your but I'm recommendation, not a hater Well, you know what? Will Smith has made a big splash this week. So I'm going to be very topical in this. Like, check out Independence Day on Tubi. Oh, did you Stream guys, for uh, free. You, did, you, can, you can stream Bitch Slapper fucking extraordinaire. Will Smith starring in Independence Day on TV for free right now. Did you hear what he said to Chris Rock when he slapped him? Welcome to Welcome Earth. Welcome to Earth. Yeah. Welcome to Earth. Yeah. Earth. And that was oh, yeah, that. I mean, you know what the worst part about that is? Go back and watch Independence Day. He actually says very clearly, Welcome to Earth. He does. And you get some awesome Randy Quaid, too. Yeah, that's before he was a lunatic. Uh, so I think that's a during. I think that might have turned him. My recommendation is this. If you're at an award show, get a sense of humor. And number two. <laughs> Step one. Uh, I watched sure. all the Best Picture nominees, except for Drive My Car, which I'll watch pretty soon. It's on HBO Max, but it's three hours <laughs> long and I ran out of time. Uh, my favorite was Belfast. Uh, so that's my recommendation. I thought Belfast was not only Wild Wild West, uh, Will Smith again, extremely timely, uh, because if you know anything about the strife in Belfast, but the persecution of Catholic people by the uh, Protestant population of Belfast, Ireland, uh, fear of the other, mob mentality, very reminiscent of some of the 
terrible things we're seeing today. And uh, it was a great story. And, and Kenneth Branagh won the Oscar for best original screenplay uh, last night. Also watch Bob, Coda. Bob West, Kenneth Branagh. Coda was uh, the best picture. And uh, you should, I mean, if you could watch all the nominees, definitely watch them all. But Coda is a beautiful movie. So uplifting. It won't make you sad like this uh, movie we did tonight might make you feel. Coda is like really, really wonderful. It's tremendous. And uh, Troy Coetzer won Best Supporting Actor. All deaf actor. Cool story about him. He played one of the Tusken Raiders in season one of The Mandalorian and invented a Tusken Raider sign language for the show. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways, remember you can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hops and Bo Flops. You can find myself on Twitter at Writer TLK. You can find Captain Cash on most social media at C A P T C A S H. Chumpzilla can be found at Chumpzilla Eight on Twitter, and the Absent McCheese can be found at HBO McCheese on Twitter. Remember to check out Wobam Entertainment at WobamEntertainment.com or at W O B A M E N T on Twitter and Instagram. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to like, share, and subscribe and connect with us on those socials to share ideas for future episodes. Next week is our final pandemic flop with the recently released horror movie centered around the most commercially disgusting day of the year, Black Friday. (laughs) We'll see you then. Bruce Campbell. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants.